I will never write a single line which I have not first felt in my own heart. He'll teach you everything. Truer words were never spoken. All right. Language and writing were made available. I'm writing this down. This is good stuff. No, really, I swear. This is John Helps You Write Better, and I'm John. So, you know, maybe, like, I don't know, man. Maybe we could just write better. Here we go. We're talking this week about developing relationships through art, and we're talking about how to really engage with somebody through whatever you're creating and whatever whatever you're producing. That's not easy. Uh, it doesn't really suddenly like snap a finger, click, light switch, everything becomes easier. It's more of a gradual process, sort of like flint mapping. If you don't know what that is, that's the idea that you take a rock and you hit another rock until you shape it in the way you want. It's primitive, sure, but it's this slow process of slowly getting one thing into another form. We use a lot of those similar metaphors when we talk about art. The idea of here's a block of marble and I will extract or, or, or reveal the statue hidden within. Or that the canvas holds multitudes and all we're doing is eliminating the things that aren't really there. Jazz music does the same thing where you're going to play the, the silences or play the notes that aren't there as much as you're playing the notes that are there. These metaphors grasp at, to varying degrees, grasp at a level of nuance that I think a lot of writers want and a lot of writers attempt but not necessarily get there easily because it's not a, a simple thing. You don't want to start somebody who's still trying to figure out the basics of what their story is. You wouldn't want to start them with, you know, chucking them in the deep end of the ocean with just, um, just, you know, be engaging on a metaphysical level. Go ahead. Go, go write a thematic loaded sentence. You, you wouldn't hurl hyper-technical things. You don't take somebody who's in a pre-med course and go, okay, tomorrow you're doing brain surgery. Good luck. It's, it's just not it's just not like that. And I think too many writers conflate and elevate the idea that it has to be like that, otherwise they're bad writers. And that's just not at all how this works. The majority of people, the majority of readers, the majority of your audience doesn't sit around ranking writers. They have other shit to do. They have day jobs, they have kids, they have bills, just like you do. But they don't sit here and try to prioritize all the time every little move you make and every little sentence you write and everything you produce. That's just not where their focus is. That's not where their attention is. That's not why they're your audience. That audience is your audience because you are taking your experience and speaking of it in a way that mirrors their experience as an audience. You are making the fantastic relatable. You are making your experience seem like their experience. And they like that. Now, granted, there are other elements to this. There's other pieces in our composition. There's the idea that you are giving them some escapism. You are provoking imagination. You are giving them an outlet for emotions or putting words to ideas that maybe they've never synthesized before. You're doing lots of different things. And I think a lot of writers take all this stuff on as pressure. Like, I have to do this, and I have to do that, and I have to develop this, and I've got to have characters, and I've got to speak experience. And it just seems 
overwhelming. And it just seems like, how the hell are they supposed to do this and manage this? So what I want to do today is give you just a few points to start with. Simple points. Regular writer points. Nothing big, nothing flashy. We'll save the, the deeper water nuance stuff for later this week for sure. But for now, we just need to know where to start our conversation. And you're going to start your conversation with your audience in pretty much the same spot you'd want somebody to start a conversation with you over common ground. When you have your story, when you have your fiction, whether that's a romance novel, fantasy novel, detective story, uh, whatever the hell it is, when you have that story, you want to identify all the things in your construction where there could be common ground for somebody. To do that, you're going to need to look at what you're building your story out of. Is somebody going to relate to how you have described the pressure the character feels? Is someone going to relate to how you have described the state of their house when they've been busy all week and they haven't had time to clean? Is someone going to relate to the fact that there's this pressure to always do more and do better and do it faster? Find some elements, some number of elements, where somebody somewhere is going to relate to you and figure out where you start expressing them in the story. This is not to say that, oh, I need to do these things up front. You can. You don't have to. You also probably shouldn't. But for the most part, by and large, when you're just getting started, you want to make sure your story contains expressions of common ground that your audience can relate to so that when you bring in things your audience can't relate to, like, oh my God, our three quirky teens just summoned Cthulhu, or holy shit, is that a robot coming down out of a spaceship? When you bring in the fantastic, you deal with it in a way where it does stand out from everything else. One of the reasons why some of our pop culture resonates with us to the degree that it does is because a lot of it normalizes life. The reason why things like horror movies or monster movies really click and click well with us is because there are parts that aren't horror or parts that aren't like terrible and graphic. It's just a normal mundane day on the street. And then, oh my God, here comes the killer or here comes the giant monster. And it's the disparity between those two things and the balance between those two things or the imbalance between those two things that gives the viewer a chance to say, oh, I like this. Because if it were just all killer all the time, all monster all the time, we end up being far more passive because we have less common ground. We have less stuff to relate to. And this extends well beyond just simple description, although the description is a way to build common ground. How you take a thing and talk about it matters. And if you are one of those writers who tends to skimp on detail because you see it in your head, but somehow for whatever reason it doesn't make it onto the page, you might struggle with this. Maybe. I don't know. That's up to you. But you might struggle with the idea of, you can't just say it's a bar, you can't just say it's a church. You can't just say it's an office building because the reader's going to want more detail than that. And you, the writer, need to get into a position where you want to give them more detail. 
A lot of writers, especially the writers who fall victim to start and stop and stall cycles where they get going and they're enthusiastic and then they burn themselves out. And they try again and they burn themselves out like an engine that's running a little bit too uh, sluggish or poorly and inefficiently. They, they tend to end up in these situations where they give the basics and then move on and give the basic and move on as if writing a story is just building a framework and then fuck everything else because the reader can fill it in or they know what I mean or who gives a shit because I don't like reading that stuff. It's boring to me, so it must be boring to them. And this is a fundamental error in writing. This is a fundamental mismanagement of everything. Because the point isn't to just give the reader facts. We talked about this yesterday. The point isn't to just give the reader information and say, look at me, I did a thing, I made a thing. The point is to involve and invest somebody in this thing you've made. You're making it, yeah, sure, you're making this for validation on some level. Yeah, sure, you're making this because you want to sell it because you want some money. Sure, fine, great. But in order to do those things and accomplish those things, you've got to make it so that somebody else can connect with it. And if you starve them for details, how can you expect them to connect with it? And if you use your own view of, I don't like reading that shit, so I don't write that shit, how on earth is someone else who isn't like you going to care about what you're doing? You need to strongly consider your attitude as much as the words you pick when it comes to relating to your audience. Way, way too many writers just see writing as the act of laying out fact and then hoping that their arrangement of facts and the novelty of how they've written down a sentence is going to be the thing that makes a reader, another human being with their own life and their own experience, click with them. And I got to tell you, the reader isn't reading your work because they love how you used adverbs. That might be true for like an English class. That might be true for some like head up their ass professor trying to like make a point. But by and large, the regular folks on the other side of this relationship, they, they could give a shit. They probably can't necessarily identify all the terms of grammar. They probably don't understand the deeper developmental terms and jargon because they don't care for it. They don't, that doesn't mean they avoid it. It just means that's not something important to them. What's important to them is in all this jargon, in all these sentences, in all these ideas, have you put a movie in their brain? Have you engaged them in such a way that we're building a relationship through this made-up stuff? You produce it, they picture it, and we keep vibing together. And attitude is a huge part of that, but also simply figuring out what you're going to say and how they can relate to it equally matters. So if you don't know where to start with this, if the idea of connecting at this level and moving through your art at this level is daunting, consider just figuring out what your story is, some of the stuff that's going to happen, and how some of those things are going to relate or play out to a reader. It's not just about who can make up the funniest, fanciest, silliest, craziest, most superlative here stuff. It's not about just showing off that you're good enough because you're already good enough. And if you're feeling like, well, nobody's telling you that enough, come ask me and I will tell you all the damn time. 
You are good enough. What you're doing can be better, but that doesn't mean you're bad for doing what you're doing. Give that some thought, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.